Welcome to this episode of Game on Girl, where we talk about gender and game culture. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. And I'm your co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. Today, we're doing a Game on Girl short, so a short episode, and we're talking about our first impressions of Diablo 3. So Rhonda and I both have a fair amount of experience playing uh, Diablo 2. Actually, Rhonda has more experience playing Diablo 2 than I do. Yeah, that was um, a really wonderful game for me. It was probably my first hardcore RPG. So it was sort of the first time you got introduced to the classes and um, levels and gear and all all the stuff that we love about RPG gaming. Yeah, definitely. And I'm one of those people that did as much play outside of the game as inside the game. I had spreadsheets and uh, rankings and and my builds and everything. It was uh, such a thrill to, to play that way. And so as you're as you're approaching Diablo 3 now, are you going into it with the same that same pa- passion and that same interest and engagement that you had the first time when you played Diablo 2? Um, not to start off with because when I started Diablo 2, the game was already out for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And there was so much online about builds that I could do all kinds of research uh, about uh, the paths to take, things not to try, things to try. And with this one, of course, it hasn't been out long enough to do any of that research. But also, the builds have changed. Right. And a whole lot of the skill points for now are automatically applied. Right. Now, I believe that that changes later, but for right now, I don't particularly care for that. But if it's all just basics to start off with, then that's fine. That's that's a great way to get started. Yeah, my 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 impression is is that that's the way that the, there's a little bit more flexibility when you when you max out and you get to the point where you have all of the skill points, you have more flexibility in how you build your character. But yeah, it, but that would is, be awesome. Yeah, it is it is very sort of single idea driven for, for the beginning. So, you know, you have this one for your first and this one for your second, and it's sort of slowly building. And I appreciate that in terms of learning new classes, because I, mm, I, yeah. I often, I often find myself overwhelmed or I, I have found myself overwhelmed in, in WoW in particular, because I was playing a magic caster in WoW. So, you know, you get so many spells and you're like, I don't know what to use anymore. <laughs> so. Oh no, you're actually right. Because I was playing, I started a a brand new character today. I started a wizard and it is really actually nice every time that they stick in a new spell in the slot to give it a try mm-hmm. and s- see the different combinations that I probably wouldn't have put together. Right. Uh, that was great. Right. Actually. Yeah. And I did approach this game differently this time t- as well, because <laughs> before the game came out, I actually created backstories for some of my characters. Oh, really? So you got into a little bit of uh, sort of role-playing going on with... Yeah, I did a little bit more. And that's that probably is a backdoor... The, the way I came about it came through probably the backdoor because I'm essentially a designer. Mm-hmm. I associate colors and shapes and animals and flowers or whatever, you know, with particular moods and stuff like that. And uh, before the game, there was an option to create banners for each of the classes. Oh, yeah. Well, 
for me to do that, I kind of needed to know what my character was like before I picked a color for her. Interesting. And so I needed to kind of know where she was coming from. You know, was she shy? Was she an extrovert? You know, that type of stuff. Right. I I kind of thought about that, too. There's one option um, for lions uh, in, I think, as as the accent and maybe the primary as well. And I I thought about that for my character. and And I'm like, well, this, and that was for when I was designing my monk. And I was like, this is not appropriate for my monk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I don't see her as being sort of super prideful and, you know, sort of the, the way we, we see lions. I didn't, I didn't see that coming from her. And, and that was just a glimpse of sort of uh, looking at some of what Sharon talked about in the role play episode where she talked about, you know, making sure that your, your character does in game as they would for their backstory, how those things sort of relate to each other. My understanding, too, uh, from a friend of mine who's playing, apparently you can uh, find some dyes and change the color of your armor. Oh. Yeah. And it would be nice. I I brought that up because it would be nice to have a little more customization for Mm role-playing. For instance, the banners that you can create in-game, I didn't realize that that was a banner that simply represented you as the player. Mm-hmm. I thought you could create a banner for each of your characters. Mm-hmm. And I really, I really think that would be a pretty simple option to, to put in there. I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah. So that you have an identity with that character that your, your banner sort of represents, which, yeah. would, which would be nice because that was, that was for me when I, w- I was playing with Mark when I, when I started the game up, Mark who was on um, secret geek shame episode five. I started up the game and I I picked my class. I knew I was going to play a female monk. So I picked that and I asked Mark on Bent, I'm like, where's the character creator screen? (laughs) I like, I had the room for my name and I'm like, where is this? And he's like, um, this game doesn't have that, Regina. And I'm like, oh, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Diablo doesn't. doesn't no, really and I know that the original one didn't, but I thought that because that was so much an integral part of uh, World of Warcraft, that that might be something that they integrated into this too. I understand why they don't. I understand, you know, um, the demands of of design, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but they're still part of me. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just thrilled that they have a male and female for each class. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. That was, that was one of the things that I had a hard time with in Diablo Two, as as we've discussed before. Playing male avatars is not often an attract an attraction for me. So, the fact that you can play all classes, male and female, is really fantastic. So, that's, yeah, that was that was a smart move. Yes. But you, we made some observations, and, and you're listening to Game on Girl, and we're doing our first impressions of Diablo 3. And this is Regina. This is Rhonda. And you, Rhonda had some observations. You looked at the differences between, since, since this is Game on Girl, and we do always talk about gender, so we want to talk about the differences between the starting outfits for the male and female avatars. And we'll have some screenshots up on the site. Um, look, comparing and contrasting the differences between these two. But what observations did you have for us about this? Well, the main observation um, is that the two, two of the male classes actually start out fully clothed. Um, none of the female characters do that. Right. They they all are bikini clad. Now, I... I I noticed that I've created I created five female characters and all one in each class, 
And I was like, okay, let's be fair. Let me create the five males and see how they start out. And actually, three of the males start out with less clothing than the girls do, but basically the same bikini loincloth kind of thing. Right. The, I think the male barbarian, I think, is one that falls in that category where he, he looks very... He, he is almost interchangeable physically with the female barbarian um, in, in terms of what they're wearing. It's very similar. And, and when they gear up, their gear looks almost the same. So. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But the two of the male characters actually start out fully clothed. Yeah, that's an interesting, an interesting difference, and I, I wonder what the, the sort of thinking behind that is. And it was the wizard and uh, the male demon hunter? I can't remember. Correct. Yeah. yeah. The demon hunter. He's wearing, he's wearing just a vest. He doesn't have long sleeves, mm-hmm. but full pants, gloves, and a vest. So he's got bare shoulders and uh, bare arms. But the wizard is completely clothed, long sleeves, um, a v-neck. It's just very unusual because the, the female wizard... Uh, starts off bikini clad, right? So, so it's interesting this sort of this sort of difference here. I don't, in in my understanding, at least this point of the game, you know, like I said, these are first impressions. I've played probably fifteen or twenty hours so far of the game, um, or maybe not quite even that much uh, now that I'm thinking about it. Um, but I, I don't understand why those those classes, those male classes. I mean, I understand why a wizard would would sort of class based have a necessity to be clothed but why the male and not the female (laughs) well let me ask you this do you think that let's just go with the premise that male players would pick the male class the male of each class okay do you think they assume that male players would prefer having their characters clothed would it embarrass a man or, or, well, it know. could it could be that that um, that that's part of the the design idea that it, what what would make the player more comfortable. And I don't I don't know statistics on Diablo and and gender and and who is more likely to play it. I know a lot of women, and I talked to a lot of women in the study that that had extensive experience playing Diablo 2. So I, I know there are lots of women who play it. It, it could be, but it, it is sort of ca- characterized as a more masculine game just for, for by its nature, I guess. And it's leaning toward, I, I think, from my first impressions, it's very much a mastery game, a very much mastery-driven game as yes. well. Where it's you are really, you know, good at sort of jumping in and getting a handle on the character and, you know, really engaging it. And that that has gotten me really interested in playing it, and um, oh, good, yeah, <laughs> and and being like moderately OCD, like I have to uncover every inch of every map. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm the same way. I and I caught myself, and I was like, oh. Well, this is this is different because I never felt that way in World of Warcraft, which might be because World of Warcraft is huge. But I, I never felt that sort of oh, I need to see every corner. But you never know what's going to be in a corner of a map of Diablo, so you know exactly. you, you have to get in there and see what you, what you might run into. So it's really for me, really sort of heightened that that mastery take on on playing the game, which is delightful. But I'm also sort of feeling the same pull toward the female avatars that I normally feel. And, and, and if, if we're going to take that, so, so going back to what you were saying about designing the avatars for maybe a male population, maybe that is why all the female avatars are in bikinis. Yeah. 
I mean, it, it goes back to, I don't remember where there was Mark or Ryan that said, you know, if I'm going to look at a character for 10 hours, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't want to look at a guy's butt. Right, right. So that could that could be part of it. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to say that the, the character art is extremely beautiful. Mm-hmm. The um, characters are very well designed. I like the looks of the characters. I know that we talked to Kat and she had some issues with, the female barbarian and I haven't actually played the female barbarian in game, mm-hmm. but on her creation screen, I love her look. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, she's really great. Yeah. And yeah. none of them are super boob tastic either. <laughs> exactly. And that's, that's for me, that's, that's one of the things that I really commend Blizzard for in terms of, in terms of their design here. Um, things that I'm not missing from from WoW when when your character is static when your female character is static on a, on the uh, selection character selection screen um, at least the female human will actually bounce she'll actually stop and like you know pull herself out of like her fighting stance and pull her legs together and jump up and down and bounce and she's huge she, I mean she, her she is boobtastic as like the definition of boobtastic and so her boobs are just bouncing all over the place and I'm like okay come on guys really <laughs> that's in wow that's wow yeah <laughs> so I do not miss that that doesn't happen you can leave the character screens open on the female avatars and they're not doing things like that and there aren't the hypersexualized dances that you have your avatars do in um um, World of Warcraft as well. I love that all of that is missing because it, and, and that is what I think for me leans it more toward mastery as well because those sort of frivolous or extra extra things that might happen are gone as well. So, well, you know, the number of times that we've talked to people, especially if they play WoW, that talk about crass behavior inside the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've got if the designers have created characters that do seductive dances and have their boobs bouncing up and down, I mean, exactly how do you expect your players to act in the game? <laughs> Absolutely. When 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 the environment itself is designed toward that. I, I remember very early on in my World of Warcraft experience having some random male avatar run up to me and say, I will give you gold if you take off all your armor and you dance for me. And I was like... <laughs> oh, yeah. Because no. all, all female gamers or all female characters are basically whores. Okay? Right, I know, right? Because, <laughs> you know, I've talked about the random gifting of gold, and that's, that's one thing when somebody walks up to you and it's just like, here, this will help you out. That's one thing. But this this was, you know, let me pay you for you to do a sex a sexual dance for me. And I, I was just like, really? Okay, no, thanks. Go away now. Leave me alone. Oh, my God. You know, and you can ignore people, so you can block people, so you can't see them talking to you anymore. And you know. Well, do you have any other observations about the visuals? Because I also want to talk about some of the dialogue. Yeah, I, w- I want to. I think I think we've I think we've hit um, most of uh, most of what's going on. I think from our first impressions of Diablo three here on Game One Girl, um, sort of visual. But I would like to talk about the the dialogue options as well. So, what observations do you have about some of the dialogue that you've heard? Well, pretty much, I'm I'm really satisfied. I love the voice work. It's it's done really well. They always put enough story in there for your RPG players. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really nice, but it also doesn't hinder your mastery players to continue on. And so the navigation and the displays of dialogue and, and text and journals and stuff's done really well for right. all player types. 
I have not played enough of the game, unfortunately, but I did hear a, a very funny comment from a random villager who was talking about the destruction of Tristram and why think that the undead were rising and talking and walking about. And he said, I had heard the rumors, but I thought them just fancies of bored women. And it was just <laughs> sort of like, you know, I, the, Number one, if you're writing a story, you most definitely can have a chauvinistic character in the plot mm-hmm. saying crass things. Right. And so maybe this is a you know a chauvinistic type villager. I can't I can't actually slam Blizzard mm-hmm. for the dialogue of this villager because this villager has a character of some sort. Right. You know? Right. And and a story and, and a history that we don't know and and all, and all that kind of stuff too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't want to ever deny great, rich character development. Right. That, so far, though, is just the only thing I've noticed in dialogue. Besides that, to me, my class, my female class is being treated um, respectfully mm-hmm. in regards to dialogue and, and yeah. Uh, absolutely and stuff like that yeah i i, I agree and there, there doesn't seem to be an everyone with uh, several male avatars and there does not seem to be difference between how male or female avatars are treated by the npcs or anything like that although there was one instance and i didn't write down the dialogue um where i was in one town and there were two female villagers and my witch doctor was going into the sewers to fight whatever was in in the sewers, and they were they were really catty about it. I see that woman; she goes in and out of the sewers all the time. <laughs> and I oh, just I kind of had to laugh. I had to laugh at that because I was like, well, you know, it was true, but that's that's where the you know the story was taking place. But I did have a, a bit of dialogue I wanted to share um, from. The the my witch doctor running with the Templar who who's a for hire companion. When I was playing on my own, I had the Templar, and then Lee, who is um, uh, one of the NPCs who who helps sort of develop the story arc. Uh, so right. I was running with the three of them, and the female uh, witch doctor turned to the Templar and said, "You know, so are there any women in your order?" And the Templar said, "Well, no." And Lee turned and said, shouldn't the Templar welcome anyone who wishes to fight evil? And then the Templar stopped and said, that is a fascinating idea. I will mention it to the leaders. Oh, what an interesting conversation. Isn't that fantastic? I, 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 had, to, I had to pause and stop and, and go and actually like record the, <laughs> the dialogue from that because I just thought it was so significant that, you know, oh, okay, you know, and the Templar says many times to, uh, to the fe- at least to the female witch doctor, I'm assuming to the male witch doctor as well, you know, your commitment to fighting evil is so wonderful. I really think that you stand, at, you know, you, you carry on the same things that the Templars are trying to, to accomplish as well. So I really, you know, no, really appreciate that part of who you are essentially. And so I just thought it was a really interesting, you know, and it's as you're running and as you're, you're uncovering the map, it's not something that, you know, is a, a dialogue where you're, you know, you're, it's popping up and listening. It's just sort of happening in the background of the game. But, but even that kind of acknowledgement of, uh, of gender, of, of gendered roles is, is really fantastic. Yeah. And I think that the bottom line is that, 
always the developers are going to want to create a a rich and challenging game. Right. But in the end, the company has to develop a marketing product. Mm -hmm. And that I've learned over the years that marketing is king Mm -hmm. and you need to, they need to know their demographic. Mm -hmm. And I think that they recognize that there are more women playing Mm -hmm. and they've made adjustments for that. But at the same time, they know the market that they're selling to. Exactly. Exactly. And they're conscious of it. And so, and they're, they're really doing, they're really doing work to make, to make it a, a place where, female players can come in and, and, and jump in and, and have that sort of um, experience. So I, I think that's really good consciousness on their part that, that, that women gamers are a much larger demographic than they may have, you know, even considered, what was it, 15 years ago when Diablo 2 came out? Mm, has it been 15 yeah. years? 12 or, 12 or 15, <laughs> 12 yeah. or 15 years since Diablo 2 came out. So Although there were plenty, you know, I can attest, there were plenty of female, you know, gamers back then. They, they weren't as large of a presence as they are now and not garnering the kind of attention that we do now. So, Right. And it's a, it's a very level playing field type game, mm-hmm, exactly. um, as we've already said from, from WoW, because your character is the hero and it's not doing sexy dances it's right. that type of interaction is not going on. So I think it's a, I don't think it's too, it's too far to say that I think it's a more sophisticated game. Um, right. And it's where they are uh, paying a little bit more attention to the detail. Yes, exactly. Exactly. To, you know, to, like I said, this, this piece of dialogue that runs just behind the scenes, that isn't something that anything needs to be brought at your attention to necessarily, but it's there and it happens. And I, I don't know if it happens on um, a male if it happens in all the classes, I don't know if, if it happens in male versus female, you know, if a male character would say the same thing, you know, to the Templar or their women in your order, I don't know. But because as we've seen, and as I've seen in my research, women tend to play women um, avatars. I don't even know if it really matters. <laughs> it's happening no. there for the, for the female and, and as we see, women are more likely to pay, play women avatars. So. No, yeah, I think yeah, yeah, I think it's a great it's a great detail. Absolutely. Well, if anybody out there would like to make an additional comment about the uh, gender roles, the new game in Diablo three, or uh, any other comment about what we talked about today, you can leave your comment on Twitter. We're at game underscore on underscore girl, or you can leave a comment on our website at gameongirl.com, or you can email Regina at regina at gameongirl.com. Yep. I'm your co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. And I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. And you can catch me on Twitter at DocLiz if you'd like to chat about your experiences playing Diablo 3. Game on Girl is available for download on iTunes and through Stitcher Streaming. These links and some screenshots from Diablo 3, and maybe if I can find it, some of these dialogue clips, if I can find recordings of them or if I can get them to happen again, <laughs> will also be up on the website and other references we made. You can find those at GameOnGirl.com. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast was recorded with Audacity and the theme song Good Day by Triple Fox is used under a Creative Commons attribution license. And until next time, game on.